welcome to the Solution Focus Schools Unlimited podcast series. My name is Linda Metcalf, and I'm the author of Counseling Towards Solutions, the first book published in 1995 that took the solution-focused approach into classrooms with students kindergarten through 12th grade. Now in its third edition, you can purchase that book and several others that I've written on Amazon.com. Today we're going to talk about something that I'm hearing about lately that's fairly common, resistant students. So the title of this podcast is The Rise of the Resistant Students, Ways to Get Around Resistance. Let's take, for example, a student that you log on and talk with online over the next week or two. And the student has no emotion on his face. He's a middle school student who has not done any work that the teachers have sent him. You've been asked to call and find a way in. Get this student to work, the teachers are telling you. What a tough assignment for you. The student is tired of coming to talk to you, to the teachers, to the administrators. And you know, he did the same thing when he was in regular classroom, face to face. He's tired of anybody who claims they just want him to be successful. He's not motivated and would rather be at home, which he is right now, virtually. And when he's back at school face-to-face, he'll probably still want to be at home. He's up for school refusal, most probably. And when he's told the importance of coming to school, he just looks and shrugs his shoulders and usually remarks why. Teachers don't care about students. They only want their paychecks. Okay, this is not an unusual case. He's resisting. What do we do? Let's go to someone named Steve DeShazer, who in the 1980s said, very famously, there is no such thing as resistance, only inflexible counselors. Yikes, that kind of hurts. But in this time of virtual counseling, reaching out and touching students is impossible in the physical sense. But in a funny way, it's almost better for students like the student we're describing. Those who resist would rather isolate anyway, so the virtual distance is slightly comfortable. That is, if you get them online in the first place. So the best way to start this off today is to ask you, what have you tried so far to reach the resistant, not engaged student? What would the students say your conversations please, threats, etc. have been like? And the magic question, which ones have worked? I know, probably not many. So, let's talk about something different. Maslow, remember him? Most of us learned about Maslow when we were in education courses. He had a really great idea, his hierarchy of needs. He talked about the various needs that we all have as humans, many of them, of course, being physical needs. And once those physical needs are taken care of, we start looking for other needs. One of those needs is belonging, being cared for, being loved, mostly the need to belong. In short, with kids like the one that we're talking about in this podcast, we are too focused on academics most of the time, particularly our teachers, because that is, of course, what they do. 
That's important. That's what they are masters at. But here's the thing, without the sense of mattering to a teacher, many kids just back off and don't do anything. And what do we do? Well, many teachers start lecturing. Many teachers say, well, until he works, there's nothing I can do. I argue with that. I think there's a lot that our teachers can do if they've got permission. And I mean that very sincerely, permission to be human. I once did a workshop with several teachers and the principal was present in the workshop. And I was talking about this idea with the teachers in a elementary school. And one teacher looked up to me and she said, you're actually saying we should be like real with kids and have them see really who we are. It, and she said, that's almost like victimizing myself. And I was kind of astounded at her remark, but I said, wow, you know, I, I didn't realize it came across like that. I apologize. But then I looked at her principal and said, would it be okay if your teachers began to build relationships with their students? Real relationships. You know, the appropriate kind, of course, but relationships where they just found out who the students were. The student I started off this podcast with obviously had never experienced that. Now, granted, he probably caused some of that by his behaviors and his disrespect. And who knows what things are like at home that encouraged him to be that way when he went to school. But here's our job as educators. Our job is to look beyond the problem sometimes and see the student in front of us. And that student is often hurting inside. And when we forget about that and we start lecturing, we lose the student who then loses himself and loses the motivation to be successful. So we've got to try something different. So let's talk about something called hierarchy of engagement. It's actually used a lot in businesses. And I came across this while researching for this podcast, and I just loved it because it really kind of puts together what I've been wanting to put together for a while when I talk to educators. And let's see what it talks about. First of all, when it comes to self-actualization, which was actually Maslow's term, the idea of being and feeling self-actualization means that I must contribute something to people, and that's why they value me. And as a result, I like being here. I like participating. Think about how that applies to school. And yet, how do we help kids feel like they contribute? What we typically do, unfortunately, when kids misbehave and are unmotivated, we talk to them, try to get them to see the importance of doing something we think they should do, and they disengage. Instead, what if we did something like this? You know, Pedro, I really noticed that you like certain parts of class, but I noticed that other parts of class, you really don't seem to participate. And I wonder what I could do as your teacher to make it a little more interesting. You see, I think you are a very important part of this classroom. I see the way kids talk to you. I think that you probably have leadership potential. Yet sometimes I feel like I've, I've somehow not connected with you the way I need to. And I'd like for us to talk about today what I might do differently 
to get you on board. Now, Pedro may not have a clue as to how to respond to the teacher, and if the teacher gets no response from him, she may say, well, see, I tried, and it's not working either. We have to persevere, and if Pedro doesn't know, it's probably because he's never been asked a question like that or had anyone say that to him in school. So instead of thinking, oh, well, I tried, I'm not going to try anymore, I want that teacher to think to herself, well, I've started an idea here, and I'm going to follow through. Tomorrow, I'm going to say something else to him. And the next day, I'm going to say something else to him. And each time, I'm going to be watching for things he does in class that I think really do maybe have the potential to contribute to class. Maybe he's drawing something. Maybe he is a a kind of a jokester, and he likes to tell funny things and say remarks about things. If that teacher can begin to hone in on the things that Pedro's all about, there's a good chance that Pedro may begin to feel like he belongs there. I want to tell you a story about an attorney friend of mine When she presented a program with me years ago, she presented this story to the participants who were all teachers. She was talking about the power of mediation. And so she brought up the idea that when students get involved in programs such as Natural Helpers, where students talk to other students, they learn problem-solving techniques and share those with other students, that it often helps those students to feel very engaged and quite important to the school. She told the story of a teacher who was gathering the names of students from her classes that students would feel comfortable talking to. That was the selection process. So she looked at the list and she was very proud of her list and took the list to her principal. When the principal saw the list, she was delighted as well until she saw one name that stood out as a student that she did not want part of the program. She said to the teacher, no way will I give this student the privilege of doing a program like this. He's in trouble constantly. I think he's in a gang. No way would he represent us well. And the teacher responded back, you know, I I do understand. I know that he's got some things going on, but he was chosen by his peers. Tell you what, I'll be responsible for him if anything goes wrong. The principal said, yes, you will. The teacher left the office and maintained her belief that him being in the program would not only benefit other students, but him. As the program unfolded, he became one of the most efficient natural helpers in the program. A lot of times, teachers would even see him mediating with gang members. Not only that, his grades went up, his attention span increased, he came to school more often and on time. Altogether, he was seen as somebody contributing. This is what Maslow was talking about. Help a kid feel like they're important and that they contribute. And you have them. To summarize this podcast, I'd like for you to think about doing something over the next week or two. 
as you work virtually or even face-to-face with students. You've probably noticed one or two that maybe are not as engaged as you wish. I'd like for you to think about the things that you have tried and the teachers have tried and which ones have worked and for goodness sake, keep doing those that work. But if you find that most of the strategies have not worked, think about doing some of the things we've talked about in this podcast and just let the student know that, hey, can I just talk with you for a little while? I'm interested in knowing who you are. I see you in the hallways but I don't often see you involved in a lot of activities, and I wonder if that would be something you might be interested in. I've noticed and I've heard from teachers that you're quite talented in this and this and this. Bring those up after you've done a little bit of research. Ask some teachers, hmm, what is it about this student? What have you noticed? What are some traits and things that we can build on? That sends a message to teachers too, that you're looking beyond the problem. You're looking at the student. And give it a few days, give it a few weeks, trying out these ideas, maybe putting aside so much the academic push and just getting to know the student for who he or she is. And let them know who you are. Let them know a little bit about your life, the things you like to do outside of school, the TV shows you like, the movies, even video games if you play them. Relay that connection. Put out that possibility of connecting to that student who needs you the most. The results may be that resistance begins to shrink. I'd like to thank the website called Engagement Multiplier that helped me to learn a few of the ideas I've shared with you today and enhance the work that I do. I hope you have an exceptional week.